0: I walked on dry ground. I'm Greg, and I believe in a powerful and redeemed life for every Christian man stuck in sexual bondage. Hi, I'm Greg, and I believe in the hope of a powerful and redeemed life for every Christian man stuck in sexual bondage. Thanks for joining me today on I Walked on Dry Ground, where I share the steps I took as I walked across the Red Sea that God opened up for me, from bondage to freedom. Right now, where we're at in Season 1, I'm sharing excerpts from my journal early on in recovery, and I'm really enjoying noticing where my head was at, the things that I was doing back then and realizing for the first time, and other things that I'm realizing over and over again, such as my level of codependency or the different ways that I cope or medicate with the pain that I feel inside and today we'll actually continue our discussion of that and explore another way I discovered that I medicated what I was feeling inside and of course I'll start with a joke so cue the blues music and let's jump in. All right, so here's the joke for this episode. This is a conversation between a teacher and a student. Teacher, if you had one dollar and you asked your father for another, how many dollars would you have? Vincent replied, one dollar. Teacher, you don't know your arithmetic. Vincent, you don't know my dad. Okay, moving on, um, before I... I jump into my journal entry for today like I usually do I'd like to add a scripture uh, beforehand so here's Deuteronomy 32 verse 39 see now that I myself am he there's no God besides me I put to death and I bring to life I have wounded and I will heal and no one can deliver out of my hand And I think the little micro part of that that I intended to be relevant here was the part where God says, I I will heal. So apart from that, I'm not really sure why I chose that verse looking back. But anyway, regardless, let's move forward. And here's my journal entry from March 20th, 2017. Logan mentioned that my opinions were forceful sometimes. And Shantae has said it feels like I'm talking at her. I thought I was just getting excited talking about some things, but I'm realizing I have a similar feeling of medication inside as I'm sharing my thoughts. I'm overconfident and forceful because I'm scared to get stopped, cut off, or even rejected or disagreed with. Then my pain will be exposed. Same thing as when Shantae is my medication. Anyway, I need to be healed, and in the meantime hold more loosely to my opinions, which are just transmitted through me, not any part of who I am. Jesus, heal me. Renew my mind. I want to come to you. I want to be able to hold on tightly to your words. Even though this was over three years ago from the date I'm recording this podcast, I remember discovering this. I remember being told that my opinions were forceful, and I remember the feeling that I would get almost as if as I was sharing my opinion on some topic, It felt like I was almost a snowball rolling down a hill, building size and momentum as I went. And inside, I would be feeling what what I thought was excitement, and I think it was partly excitement as I moved forward and sharing my opinion and getting more and more kind of worked up or excited. And and that led to uh, my brain releasing adrenaline. And as I've come to learn, adrenaline is a powerful numbing agent for me. And a powerful medication for me, as far as when adrenaline is released, I'm feeling that excitement and that heightened system functioning inside of my body, and it's impossible to feel the subtle pain, and I would say the pain of just believing that I'm worthless or there's something wrong with me, just kind of these this, these shame, these vague shame narratives that play inside of my head are used to a lot. So when I would get this opinion and start start rolling the snowball down the hill and gaining momentum and and feeling this excitement and this engagement, I would not be able to feel that pain anymore, and it would be a nice kind of high or medication for my natural state of pain or anxiety or shame. So again, I discovered another way I was medicating. And as you heard me read, my son Logan and my wife both noticed the consequence of that on themselves. They didn't like how it felt, and rightly so, that I was being so forceful or talking at them rather than having a, having a discussion with them, rather than just loosely sharing opinions and, and trying to build a relationship and build a connection with reality as far as our opinions go. But instead, I was being completely selfish without even really knowing it until they both pointed it out to me. I was pursuing selfish ambitions within a conversation without even knowing it. I think that's an interesting part of recovery is dismantling all of these unhealthy coping mechanisms and medicating behaviors. And as I reflect on those, I think the steps that I took fighting those are number one, just self-awareness. That's a high value of mine, is to be aware of what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Self-awareness has been so key for me in progressing and taking steps in my recovery and knowing where I'm stepping and why I'm stepping there. And So being aware of my medicating behaviors really is an indispensable part, I think, of, of this type of recovery. And then confessing these selfish behaviors to others or to God or to myself or all of that. And then at the same time, with confession, prayer. As you heard me pray to Jesus to heal me at the very end of this journal entry, I'm realizing I'm broken and I have pain and I'm doing destructive things in response to my pain. Things that break down relationships and make other people feel bad in conversation with me, which is not constructive for a relationship. And being selfishly ambitious within a conversation These are all destructive things and they come out of my brokenness and so I realize what I'm doing, I confess, I pray, and then just over time, the only other thing I can do is kind of continue to do those things and wait. And over time, as God promised in the verse that I read, he will heal. And then finally, the last thing I want to touch on is just the idea of holding loosely to my opinions. And this is something I also think I learned in the journey of self-awareness as a part of my recovery, that my opinions are formed as a combination of the sum of my experience in life, all of my things that I've heard and believed, all the things that I've heard and not believed, all the evidence that I've seen, the evidence I haven't seen, my pre-existing attitudes and misconceptions and prejudices. All of these things go into the way that I interpret reality and therefore my opinion blooms from all these things. It's the same for every other person around me who has an opinion on something. So I learned just to hold more loosely to my opinions because there's so many factors that go into my opinion on any given topic. And if just one of those was different, I might have a different opinion. And if there's somebody else who has a lot of maybe similar factors, but one key factor is different, they're going to have a different opinion. It makes sense. They should have a different opinion based on what they've seen or not seen or what their attitude is or is not. And with that, you know, my opinion might change tomorrow. And so all of that to say... I think I learned how to deconstruct my opinion here and there and realize it is what it is and and it's not something that I should be so attached to as part of who I am. That's all I have for this episode. I appreciate you spending this time with me and allowing me to explore one of my medicating behaviors I discovered during recovery and also just some new understanding about the nature of my opinions. Hope you learned something or gained some insight from some of my thoughts or words. I appreciate you joining me, and I'll talk to you later.